This is The Straight Dope, episode 67. I'm going to revisit a topic that I think is very important, fundamentally and conceptually. But before I do, I want to remind you that if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to go to riflecraft.com, create an account, and become a subscriber. There's a lot of things we offer there. I offer coaching. I offer courses from time to time. And in fact, we are opening up a very small course in a couple weeks here at Fort Morgan to test out some new metrics on top of the old metrics. So if you want to have an unconventional skill assessment very soon, there will be a very small class, like three to four people out of Fort Morgan, and it's going to be a Friday and a Saturday. But the best way to support the podcast is to get a subscription to Riflecraft, you get added metrics, and you get emails, training tips, and other stuff that's coming. Another way is to check out one of our sponsors, AccuFire. If you go to AccuFireTech.com, you can check out their website, their offerings of traditional and digital optics. I have been testing out a few of them, and I've got a few here lined up to test, but I haven't gotten them to the range. I'm going to be doing some carbine shooting and some other field shooting that isn't necessarily precision rifle-based to check out those things. But I've been checking out their Omnis spotting scope. It's digital. It records. It transfers it to your phone. Uh, it streams it through Wi-Fi. It allows you to film in low light capacities, which is really cool because you can do a lot of fun things with that. And I've been testing out their Atro 20. I've been carrying it around with me everywhere I go. If it's not on a rifle, it's in my pack. And I compare the rifle that I'm shooting with to that, and I can allow people to check, you know, check out that glass easily by just throwing it on a bag. Let them look through it, mill, you know, target sizes, distances, practice site, target acquisition, and so on and so forth. So that's another good way to support the podcast. Go check out their website, hit them up with questions. And if you want a scope that won't break the bank, but so far has not failed any of the tests that I've performed, uh, the Atro 20 is doing awesome. It tracks, it dials, and it allows me to hit targets. I'm going to have the CEO on, and we're going to chat a little bit about some of the details. I'm going to hit him up, uh, you know, traditional straight dope style with the questions that people want to hear. So we can look forward to that soon. I've been recording interview podcasts, but the problem is editing. It takes me a long time to edit. And we have had a lot of them recorded while both of us are driving. And so sound issues have come in and gone. So I've got hours and hours of audio that I'm trying to go through and salvage the bits that we can hear and string it together in a way that makes sense. So if I've done one with you or if you're waiting or if you hear me talking about it, but I still fail to publish it, it's because I'm going through slowly but surely and trying to make it a worthwhile listen. And if I can't do it, I'm going to write out questions and then just do the call again with them with a stable Wi-Fi and audio signal on both ends so that that sounds good. But anyway, let's get back to, if you listen to all the podcasts and if you haven't gone back and listened to the old ones, the old ones I, I, start, I, I kind of was more in lecture mode, so I spoke slower and I had an outline and now I'm just kind of go with it and I speak like I do during normal conversations. There's an episode called The Four Axioms and The Four Axioms are kind of the four fundamental components that I think all shooters have to do proficiently and more or less equally in order to get the greatest performance level from them and their system. Now, that might sound silly because everybody kind of frames it differently. But for me, that's just the way I'm kind of developing my mindset, my mentality, and the way I see shooting. And I don't care what other people say. So 
The four axioms, if you didn't hear it, are wind, range, precision, uh, which includes velocity, consistency, uh, the system, everything that has to do with the system itself, bullets, gun, so on and so forth, and then the shooter. So we have uh, these four axioms, and they're going to be a little bit evolved because I recorded those six months ago, and I've been thinking more and more about this. So let's break this down to uh, wind, range, system, and shooter, okay, the four axioms. You can have one great, but if the other ones are off, you're still not going to hit target. So when a lot of people ask, like, okay, you've been, you've been measuring people, you've been analyzing people, and right now we have a tremendously effective system through the unconventional skill assessment where just about everybody that's come through has raised their metrics over 20%, some 50%, some 60%, and an unusual number of trophies that have come out of that from the people that have come to do that. And the way we're doing it is we're looking at the four axioms. We're breaking down the capabilities numerically by having them perform tasks at their proficiency level. We don't tell them what to do other than shoot this course of fire, I'm going to measure stuff. I'm not going to give you an answer afterwards. I'm just going to write it down. You're going to shoot more. You're going to shoot more. You're going to shoot more. And after a couple hundred rounds, we have a lot of data points. Those data points tell me where you're at in the four axioms. People ask, well, what are, you know, tell me exactly what you're doing. Well, you got you got to come out here, but you can probably figure it out for yourself. You want to do your own version, and I could plug mine into the computer, and I can very effectively tell you where your performance is at, how it might stack up to other shooters, based on numbers that I have of them, and my guesses as to where the best and the top shooters are performing that I haven't measured. I have a pretty good idea where your performance level is going to be and how you need to raise it. And raising it is probably not just learning how to read wind better or making a load shoot quarter inch or better, right? That's probably not going to change your performance metrics. And I think what reinforces all of this that people love to share with me are, are the graphs and tables that Brian Litz has that shows, you know, what, what, you know what's going to cause you to miss more, wind or accuracy, precision or accuracy, velocity and consistency or, you know, whatever. And so when you start to scale all those variables together, you can kind of get an idea. And it has to be a statistically significant number of shots. And you have to have data points that track towards where are you failing the most. And then you bring up those failing points, right? So let's talk about the, the, the components a little bit closer here, because we always circle back to something in these four axioms. Wind, you got to learn how to read the wind. Now, if you have 10 stages that you're shooting in a day, you really only need to make a good wind call for the first shot of 10 stages. So you're making 10 good wind calls because after that, it's not really a wind call anymore. It's just a follow-up or a correction. So that's a different skill set. So making a wind call is different than learning from whatever your first shot did, correcting it, and then trying to bring those bullets to center, right? Two completely different categories. Knowing how to do that is definitely a skill. And that's part of the shooter component. But wind call by itself is that first shot. How close to center is your first round? And we're always trying to hit center. In some games, you just need to hit the plate. And that's all that matters. And a lot of good shooters will say, man, I don't care. I just need to hit the plate. I'm hedging the bets so that my bullet hits the plate somewhere in here. And then I'm able to follow it up, right? And that's a strategy and a technique for playing a game. But that's also different than a wing call, although it involves understanding wind and knowing that when you hit that plate, 
you're going to convert that feedback to carrying the plates over. But I'm talking about your ability to try to put that bullet as centered up as you can on your first round. It's very important. And the good shooters that are playing the game at the highest level, they could still read the wind great so that they could put that bracket or they could put their bets hedged in a way such that it favors an impact, right? Reading the wind is hard to do because you need validation that it's working between you and the target. So it doesn't have to involve shooting. There's plenty of podcast and interviews where people say they carry their Kestrel around or they send somebody downrange or they send people out and they say, okay, I'm going to try to make a wind estimation and you tell me what the data points are here and there. But the final say is what the bullet says. So I think when you're doing your wind training, there has to be an element of, you know, you take a shot and see if you are right, right? The bullet's right and how far you are from the bullet is probably the difference between you and your ability level. You can't do that very much, right? It's very hard to do because once you take that first shot, you know the wind speed, and now there's no more wind calling to be measured. So this is a long-term process that needs to be invested in, and you need to take it pretty seriously. So whenever I go to the range, I don't just take a shot, right? I'm very careful about my first shot when I go to the range because that first shot is the feedback that I get about my wind reading. It's not as sexy as other shots, because I can use information to make those shots better. But that first shot's very important. So make sure that when you go to the range and you are going to take your first shot of the day, I don't care if you check your zero to 100. I'm usually pretty confident that my zero is good. So I'll take my first shot and then I'll check my zero. Um, But I just want to go out there and make a cold wind call. And I want to write down the number and I want to make sure that I'm improving, but also know my limits, upper and lower limits of wind calling. So you need to practice it. You need to start to grapple with it. A lot of it is cognitive, but when it when push comes to shove, the bullet tells you how close you were to precise. So you need to have a round that you send down on steel. Wind training days are not high round count days for me. If I drive out to the grasslands, I set up an array of targets that are Um, circular so that I can drive around them 360 degrees and shoot them from different angles. And even though the wind speed may be relatively consistent, trying to get that angle correctly for me is still part of wind wind calling, wind training. And the fluctuations up and down a little bit by uh, wind are are to be measured. But I might go out and take single-digit shots and then drive home. If I go out to the range in Fort Morgan, it'll be a similar thing, but I'll be doing different angles different angles separated by a a pretty good chunk of time. Otherwise, it's not a cold wind call. Ranging. You need to have equipment that you can rely on. Think range estimation through a reticle. It's not as practical anymore. I think having a good range finder that you can trust is very important. I think being able to range targets and getting practice ranging targets that are hard to range with your laser range finder is something that's worthwhile if you have the opportunity to go to like an NRL hunter match or a field match where you can see targets, but you can't necessarily see the base of the stand that they're on. So that you've got to try to figure out what's the best way to get the best range possible because ranging is fundamental because your bullet's flying at a specific speed. That speed is extrapolated over time between the muzzle and the target. You need to, you need to know how far it's going and how fast it's going to determine what the drop's going to be. So having an accurate range is absolutely vital to hitting a target, especially if you have a slow-moving bullet, right? In, in the olden days, I guess, people would make 
very, very fast bullets, right? They try to hit the upper end of the speed limit on a small bullet so that it's what they would call flat, so that the difference between one yardage and the next wasn't very much, such that if you were off by range, your bullet would still hit the target. And that's pretty cool. There's that window, remember, where you know, about every 100 yards, we can figure out that every 100 yards is a mill of drops, or every 10 yards is a tenth of drop. And if that holds true, um, you know, for most of us, in those ballistic windows, 10 yards is going to be a tenth of elevation. And so most of us are shooting in that kind of paradigm. Now, of course, you could get something that is not a tenth per 10 yards of drop. But if, if we break it down like that and we think about it like that, right, and that's the basis for speed drop, it's the basis for just getting familiar with your caliber, but there's a zone in there where it's about, you know, it's, it's falling at, at a consistent and, you know, w- w- relatively close to that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you're really going to give yourself a hell of a lot of an advantage by making it half a tenth or, or big, I guess it depends on the target size, but with a small target, Right, and you're aimed center. Let's say it's four tenths, and you're aiming center. You basically have 20 yards of wiggle room, or you're going to miss it. So if it's four tenths tall, and you're off by more than 20 yards, you're going to shoot over or under that target in that window. Right? Does that make sense? So if you're mill ranging, you know that probability is going to go way down. So we're using lasers. And you use lasers because that's what we have at our disposal. It's not probably not a bad idea. To be able to, but you have to know the size of the target. There's a lot of other things. So, so it becomes like very quickly in the game that we like to play, the level of precision that we like using, uh, using a reticle to try to mill your target becomes impractical in the time frame that we like to operate. So I'm talking about using laser rangefinders, but you also can't really be off. So if you're ranging a target, you range behind it, you range in front of it, then you have to figure out plus or minus 20 yards or you're going to hit because of elevation, right? And that's assuming that your bullet has no standard deviation. So you add in the standard deviation of the loads that you've got, and uh, all of a sudden things get really screwball, right? But that's not the range part of the four axioms. Now, you might say, well, wind and range and that stuff, that's not my shooting ability. Well, it kind of is, right? Because you have to figure out and be able to determine on the fly the relationship of your ability, your, your gun, your bullet, the wind, and the range to the target. So it is your responsibility to be able to own that. And if you can't do those things, you're going to miss targets no matter how precise you put a bullet in a piece of paper at 100. right? So without those things, and that's half of it, knowing an adequate range and knowing what the wind is doing. Outside of a flat range context, those are absolutely vital and they will play a humongous role in your ability to hit your targets. All right, so let's look at the other ones. Um, What I call um, the system is the precision of your rifle and your load consistency. Your your system has an inherent capability. Some guns are more accurate than others, and you can tune loads and you can not tune loads, but there is a baseline accuracy that your system has, and it's good to know that because if your sh- if your sh- if your system shoots an inch, right, you have to base your decisions based on that inch inch bracket and the probability that expands from there. Your velocity consistency you need to have a good standard deviation that falls in that vertical of your target, right? And the bigger the standard deviation, the bigger the vertical is. So the distance 
unknown. And the standard deviation that stack on top of it means that you might not have 20 yards grace forward and back to hit a target if your standard deviation takes up a tenth of that, right? You might only have 15 yards of, of range variability because your bullets have a vertical that steals some of that away. But knowing that your system has a standard deviation and understanding what the standard deviation means statistically in terms of your hit probability. You could have a big standard deviation and hit dead center on a shot. I could, I could take a standard deviation of 50, a standard deviation of 60, something atrocious, right? And I could shoot a target at 600 yards and I could hit it dead center. Because statistically speaking, a lot of those bullets go to the average speed towards the middle of that bell curve. Right. So statistically, one standard deviation, right? most of those shots are going to be in that one standard deviation. But the other two standard deviations that take up most of the remaining shots are going to be out of that. And so in terms of probability, you might take a shot and it might be perfect, but you might take a shot and it might not. And those wild outliers are going to be relatively few, but they can still exist. And so I like to think of the standard deviation as not only defining the upper and lower limits, but you know where's, where's that average? And for the most part, if I'm going to be taking a shot and I'm, I don't know which one it's going to be, you know, I'd rather at least have you know, two standard deviations of target height. Um, and, and ideally, it would be three standard deviations of target height. But nonetheless, your velocity consistency does play a role. You can't predict which one it's going to actually be at any given time. And so you need to be aware of the fact that there's a chance that one bullet might go high and one bullet might go low. And knowing where those are defined will help you make a decision as to was the range right, was the range wrong, was it me, was it the gun. And the lower that gets within reason, the more consistent your performance is going to be. But it takes time. And sometimes, you know, like I shoot factory ammo, so I get what I get. I shot federal ammo at the Guardian match this weekend. Just went over and got 130 federals. Took the match, had a standard deviation of 17. And I don't think vertical was ever an issue. The farthest target we shot was uh, 1,100 and something yards. Um, and uh, I don't know. So, you know, in, in that regard, you know, having a standard deviation of 17 was perfectly acceptable. Other situations, it's probably too big, but it depends, right? And that's something that you need to decide. So know the precision and know the consistency of your system so you can define those ultimate limits of performance with you excluded. And finally, what everybody wants to shoot or worry about, well, I guess people worry about their system. They want to buy all sorts of shit, right? But just... I say, don't, don't buy all sorts of crazy stuff. Just figure out what the limits of your system are and see if that is what's limiting you from being able to make your shots. Because if it's not, your time and money is better invested in the thing that's holding you back. And what holds most people back is the shooter, right? Your skill and your ability to shoot from the types of positions that you're going to shoot from. And that's why the craft drill, I think, is so valuable as a starting point for where do we need to work, right? Because if your system shoots an inch, but you do a craft drill that's two inches, you know, your system's not really going to change much. But we could take you and bring you closer to your system. And so you're going to have a lot of gains there from 
knowing what your point of aim, point of impact shifts are from various positions. But all of those combine into a bracket that's much bigger than you would expect. Right? It's not the it's not the systems group, you know, from whatever, a lead sled. It's not the SD of your ammo, right? It is the combination of your shooting ability, your systems ability, your range, and your wind. And those all stack to a group that's typically much bigger than people would like to admit. But when we say that we want to get better, we have to own up to our personal ability. We have to own up to the things that need improvement and focus specifically on those. If your wind reading sucks and your left and right group size is three inches, then um, we can bring that in. And, and, and until the, you know, I mean, really at like a super rudimentary level, if we shoot a group, let's say, let's say you go shoot a group at, you know, five, 600 yards and you take a shot every minute and it's wider than it is tall, you need wind more than you need to work on your load, right? So that, that should make sense to you, right? Because you're going to get the left and right largely from the wind at that distance. And if that starts to come in, now you're going to have more budget on your plate. If the vertical isn't getting close to the height of the plate that you're shooting at, then you probably don't need to worry about your load any much. It's probably consistent enough to be able to work on. So if you've got a wider group than it is tall at distance, let's bring it in. If your group on paper is wider than it is tall, you've probably got some natural point of aim issues uh, some loading of the rifle, some instability that you can work out, and you can bring that in. So comparing your 100-yard paper group dimensions to your distance group dimensions shot under similar conditions can tell you a lot about where you need to put in your work, right? So let's go back, and we'll revisit those really quick. We got wind. Got to work on wind. Got to isolate it. You got range. Sometimes that's pretty easy, and sometimes that's very hard. You got your system. It's expensive, but most of us have systems that are so damn good, it doesn't matter. Like, we don't need to buy more stuff, right? We don't need to spend more time at a loading bench. We probably need to work on us, the shooter. And that is skills. That's fundamentals. That's cross-positional consistency. And it's the mental strategy, but you start to build the mental and psychological stage type strategies only after you're comfortable enough with that other stuff that you can say, okay, I understand my system. I understand the range and the ballistic effects of my bullets and rounds. And then you have to stack what you know about your shooting onto the game. Because if all you do is think about the game, you could be misled to train the wrong thing, right? And so... Map those out, and if you want to sit down on paper and categorize your skill, that's what I, I would probably do. That like a you know almost like a journaling session or or um, something like that. Like just make a make a circle, cut into four pieces, right? Four pieces of the pie, and figure out like are you good at wind reading? Great. Are you good at range estimation, or do you have a good laser range finder that you can range smaller and smaller targets? I would probably I would probably start to define where the laser goes in the reticle and. At what size of a target do you not get good readings back from? And that kind of stuff. And then define your system, right? The precision of the rifle, the velocity kind of consistency of your ammunition. What are the limits based on the target sizes that you're going to be shooting? What are the limits that are acceptable to put everything into the target? Right? I don't like the idea of shooting at something that's it's, it's not... 99.7% possible for me to hit it 
if I shot 100 rounds, then 100 rounds are going to hit that target if I do everything right. I don't like the idea of saying, oh, let's shoot a half MOA target with a one MOA rifle, right? Yeah, you could hit it, but you could just as easily miss it. And so if you shoot one shot and hit it, that doesn't say a whole lot, right? I want to see you shoot 10, 15, 20 shots and hit it in that circumstance, right? Because it's not going to happen, right? Statistically speaking, I don't want to go out and just be gambling. I want to be striving towards maximizing the capability of my system defined by its limits. So if my system shoots one MOA, I don't want to shoot anything smaller than one MOA, right? And realistically, one and a half MOA is probably going to be very hard considering that you've got shooter, wind, range, and ballistic stuff to all plug into there. Now, uh, it just popped into my mind, but range, a lot of people are using a ballistic calculator. So you're assuming that the range is exactly, you know, 551 yards. Somebody else ranges it, 554 yards. Somebody else ranges it, 500 yards. Somebody, the exact feedback that you get from the range, it could be plus or minus a few yards. And that may not be that big of a deal, but when you put it into a ballistic calculator, you have to be damn sure that your inputs are correct. Because, you know, we're relying a lot on the calculations of a computer, but if I put the inputs into my Hornady and I put the inputs into my applied ballistics and I put my inputs into the, um, you know, the apps that I've got on my phone, there will, there are subtle differences in the elevations that make may question the data and then the algorithms used to predict the shots. And you need to go out over time and make sure that you trust the data that the machine is giving you. It's not necessarily, I mean, most of the time the errors are the user inputs. Like, oh, fuck, I put in meters instead of yards, or I put in this, or I put in that, or I've used the box velocity and the box BC. And I mean, the, there are lots of question marks when you're using those things because you have to put in a lot of data. But also, the algorithms are a little bit different. So the data that you get back is different. And so if I have, you know, ballistic arc or, um, you know, Ford, Ford off, some of the feedback I'm getting is slightly different. And I want to know that I've gone out at distance in different weather conditions and that data has lined up consistently over time. And sometimes it doesn't. I can't necessarily explain it other than you know, they use different programming, and that programming is not entirely accurate. But trying to figure out and put the, put your finger on why, you know, they might be half a tenth off or something like that, I just want to know that I'm as close as I was to the center of the target and then go off and use it, right? I don't want to spend extra time trying to figure out what part of the code isn't working because I like to shoot. Right? I don't like to invest too much time, but when something doesn't work and it's not even close, I might look at the inputs and outputs, but then if I can't get it to work, I just throw it away right? or I stop using it and I go to something else because I want to be the most efficient with the least amount of stuff. But you also want to make sure that the stuff that you're using is giving you adequate feedback. And so testing things, test them to a point, but man, we don't got to go apeshit, right? I'm not going to turn necks on pieces of brass that... Well, I'm, I'm just not, I, I personally, I'd never do that. So like if, if that's what it involves, uh, like, you know, you lost me there, right? Because I just want to put a fucking powder in the bullet, put a bullet in it and go shoot it. So, and, but that's also why I shoot a lot of factory ammo. Um, 
I want to go shoot and I want to go learn shooting, but I also want to be able to define it on the system. And I think, you know, I think that most shooters want to think that way too, but, but you can't expect results that your system can't provide, but you also have to understand the results that you get and scale them appropriately. So breaking down these four axioms are very important. Wind, range, precision of your system that includes the external ballistics and the internal ballistics of your round. Right? How does that all get processed? Well, they kind of bleed into each other a little bit. And then the shooter, do the rifle craft drill. If you, you know, you're not going to shoot better than your rifle craft drill in field conditions. Right? So you probably need to work at 100 yards on paper and until you can bring your group down consistently into the size of the target that you're going to shoot at distance. And then when you start shooting at distance, make sure that that group fits into the target so that now you can start talking about wind and then scale it appropriately. But those things can be quantified. They can be tabulated and you can develop yourself a training program if you're a self-starter and you want to do it on your own. Or if you're a school that, that listens to this podcast and just wants to do what we do, then you know knock yourself out. Quantify everything and base it on the weakest point and do it you know, on, on multiple hundreds of shots and data points so that you know statistically this is why the shooter's missing. The shooter needs to work this skill. And it's not always shooting. That's not what everybody wants to hear, but the people that have, that have come through here and we leave, you know, they do the assessment, we give them the data, we give them a training program. Say it takes six to 10 sessions of training this exclusively. Let's go do a test. They've come back with success. We have international trophies, we have national trophies, we have all sorts of cool success stories based on training that thing that's really anchoring you down. The thing that's anchoring you down probably isn't your, the price of your scope. Right? It's probably not all of the gear that you could buy. It's probably not your you know, one whole SD of two load that's keeping you from hitting targets. But that's just my hunch. Anyway, check out the four axioms. Tabulate and quantify your skill so that then you can train for a goal using your mind, right? Using your brain. It's cheaper, it's faster, and I think it's pretty fun and exciting. If you don't want to, come to an unconventional skill assessment or come out and get coached, and we can do that for you very, very fast. Till next time.